Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Ladies and gentlemen, please take your seats. The show is about to begin. Welcome back to the one and only Cavs the Podcast, featuring commentary from all of your favorite Cavs the Blog bloggers. Now, sit back, relax, and enjoy. Welcome to Cavs the Podcast. I'm Nate Smith, and I'm here with Evil Genius. Yep. And we are just emerging from watching a 117-113 Cavs loss to the Houston Rockets. Uh, Clint Capella scored most of the points down the stretch for the Rockets. And the Cavs, I think they had a possession in the fourth quarter where the Rockets had five offensive rebounds. With six. Uh, well, yeah, six. Six, six attempts, yeah, and five <laughs> offensive rebounds, yeah. Yeah, and yet did not score. So it was not the reason they lost the game, but it was a very frustrating game on many levels. Uh, the, sh- the Cavs shot 56% from the field to the Rockets 47%. Yep. Yet the Rockets' thirty-six free throw or thirty-six to fourteen free throw disparity was ah, pretty much the factor in the game. Yeah, between and, that, between that and the seventeen offensive rebounds. Yeah, well, and I will say the uh, thirty-six point and thirty-five point third and first quarters. Although I thought that the first quarter was more due to Houston and the Cavs lousy defense. I thought the third quarter had more to do with the officiating than the Cavs lousy defense. I'd agree with that. So it was an unbelievably frustrating to uh, game to watch from fan standpoint. Would you agree? I mean, I would say yes, but only as, as in a, in a, Somewhat, this will sound strange, but in a somewhat refreshing way, only because it's always frustrating to go play the Rockets in Houston. It's it's they've always been a, a tough matchup for the Cavs down there, mainly because of Harden and his golden turd antics. Um, <laughs> and to be honest, I it was a, aside from the referee, the officiating aside, it was actually one of the one of the more like. I guess fun games to watch from from a you know just from a how the Cavs played perspective this year, and if you'd have told me the Cavs are going to lose by four to the Rockets in Houston and have a shot to be in it in the last minute, I would have said, well, I'll take that because given the way they've played, you know most most games this season, I would have expected the Rockets to have blown them out by by thirty or forty. Especially since they just did that to Utah the like a couple of nights ago. So 
Yeah, I thought the Cavs played very well at times. They dug themselves too big of a hole in the first. Uh, yeah, just I mean, I counted and in, and in the third. I mean, the both 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 those quarters. They yeah, they they just when you give yourself in a, a, a hole that deep or a lead that big, you're you're just asking to run out of gas or fouls ultimately. Yeah, and I thought. Uh, LeBron especially was really bad in the first quarter. Um, I watched him lazy, defensive, defensively, yeah, defensively sure, lazy yeah. closeout on Ariza twice that led to six points. I saw him another one where Ariza smoked by him on the baseline, led to another field goal, and then was that before or after he stepped on Ariza's foot and turned his ankle? Though I, I, I don't know if that was before or after, but I do know that there was two times in the first quarter that he didn't even get to into the picture till like there was 12 seconds left on the shot clock. <laughs> he didn't right. even get back in on defense. So that was, you know, he kind of sets the tone and, and he's part he of He did turn his ankle pretty badly though. In he that did, first he did. And then also the other part with LeBron that killed him was nine turnovers. They were throwing the ball away a lot. Yeah, and uh, he had nine, and Kevin Love had four, and Jay Crowder had three, and that was pretty much uh, the story of the game, or one of the stories of the game was the Cavs were kind of never really able to climb out of that. Although yeah. they did actually take the lead briefly, and know. they turned the Rockets over twenty-two times. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there were five Rockets with, or three Rockets with five turnovers each, yeah. with Capella, Harden, and, and Gordon. But um, you know, but the but they still, like you said, I mean, it really came down to the free throw disparity, and you can't breathe on James Harden in his building, and and he, you know, without walking away with a foul. So I think that was particularly frustrating for Love, who fouled out. I mean, every one of the Cavs starters had had at least four fouls, and Love fouled out, and Jeff Green had five. So I mean, when yeah. when when. How many is that? When six guys have at least four fouls, that's, I mean, that's pretty telling. But. Yeah. Well, and the, and Houston plays that kind of game. They basically put the onus on the officials to, I mean, they're very physical with their screens. They're very physical on their defense. And then they put the onus on the officials to call the fouls and, you know, officiate the game. And yeah. Slow down the game with the officiating. It was just brutal. I mean, they they also played their starters heavy minutes. I mean, everybody, did. everybody. I mean, Harden, Gordon, and Ariza all played forty plus minutes. They basically know, could, man a, ran a seven man rotation with. Yeah, they did. Uh, they only they Tucker really only played Nene. Tucker and yeah Nene. I mean, Brown got in for like five minutes, but that was like yeah. the token seven minutes that Channing Fry got in too. So yeah, um, yeah. I mean, it was. Look, the the story of the game really was the the Jeff Green explosion on the Cavs side because yeah. he was he was pretty unstoppable. He was uh, awesome inside yeah, I mean, and outside. So. He went eleven for fifteen. Uh, was running the floor. Uh, some really nice cuts to the basket to get some dunks. Uh, some nice uh, two know, of three on threes, and then using that pump fake from the three point line to get himself some nice mid rangers, but. It was mostly yeah. attacking the basket where he made his hay early and, yeah. uh, you know, got to the line uh, on some and ones and and really was really aggressive. I mean, he was 11 of 15. When you score 27 on 15 shots, you're doing pretty good. 
He yeah. also added uh, five rebounds and three steals and zero turnovers. So, yeah. you know, when when you you can't complain about Jeff Green, the I mean, they play you can more. you can because right. I mean the way he he, played for every game. one of these games, yeah. he, you know, there's like five games where you're like, what is Jeff Green doing? But that's why you know. he's such a tease. You know, yeah. The other problem with Jeff Green is they were running him at center a lot, and. Clint Capella and the Rockets were just killing the Cavs on the boards. The rebounding differential was 45 to 26, and the Rockets had 17 offensive rebounds. Uh, well, they get a lot of they get a lot of of long bounces on on yeah. all the threes. They, I mean, they took I think they took more threes than they did twos. Um, I think they had they did, yeah they, they had 46, 46 46 threes, and so that would leave them with what 31. Twos. Yeah, thirty-one twos. Yeah. So, but that, I mean, you you have to expect that. So you got to pl- you got to know that and play them a little bit differently. But I think in doing that, sometimes you overcompensate and you don't box out well enough. So yeah. you let Ella get in there and you know and, and really do damage. And that's... well, and I, I'll say the other part of Capella is that is a ridiculously tough matchup for Kevin Love, and yeah. he just had a hard time, and he was. Not getting any calls that game. I mean, it was ridiculous. No. The travel call on him on the fourth. Oh, that quarter, was that was unbelievable. Was, the ref literally forgot which foot was Kevin Love's pivot foot. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. it was. And after watching Greek Freak and then Capella traveled on basically the foul that fouled Kevin Love out of the game. He took four steps. He took a hop step and then two more yeah. on on uh, on his. No, that was that was terrible. And and look, your one of your faves, um, PJ Tucker, really made a difference in this game too. I mean, he had six offensive rebounds himself, and he had he had a couple of hustle plays where he just got on the floor and and he got the ball. He wanted it more, and yeah. he's one of those guys that you know. I think you and I both have talked about you know guys like that you want on your team. Um, because they're just gonna they're gonna hustle and they're gonna they're gonna get those fifty fifty balls. Oh yeah, he, especially in the regular season that when you need a huge loose ball at the end of the game. Well, but even on that, like it, I felt like he even that on that one, it felt like he fouled well, Jeff he Green. Did, but and then and then and then or no somebody, but then and Jeff then Harden literally shoved Jeff Green to the floor and yeah. no call, which would have been his fifth or sixth foul, I think too. So. Whatever. Yeah. It's Houston. I mean, look, honestly, I really expected it to be a, you know, like 130 to 112 blowout, and it and it wasn't. So I was happy that the Cavs. No, I felt like they, they played two two yeah. really good quarters of defense, and I mean, they were on a 11 to one run at one point in the fourth before, you know, that nonsense at the end. Um, you know, so it, it's just. Yeah, it's unfortunate, you know, but you hold the you hold the Rockets to 17 points in the fourth quarter and in their building and, you know, you've got at least you give yourself at least a chance to win. But the turnovers and the offensive boards and the free throw disparity, you know, it just and and the fact they had to dig them work so hard to dig themselves out of a hole early. I mean, they were down by almost 20 at one point. 18. Yeah. 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 So. I don't know. I mean, I guess if you could say you feel good about a loss, I, I feel I still feel like there was progress made, and that you know Jeff Green looked good. Um, Outside you know. of the turnovers, I and the lazy defense early, I thought LeBron looked great. I mean, he scored yeah. thirty 
33, seven assists, four rebounds. JR hit some hit some good shots. Yeah, so I saw JR play second a nice straight game. game. Second straight game, he's he hit some shots. So I actually you know. thought the last three quarters, uh, they defended James Harden pretty well. I mean, they they shut down the left hand yeah, as well as you can, especially <laughs> in the fourth. I mean, James, there was one where he dribbled around for about fifteen seconds, and yeah. Jeff Green did everything he could, and then just. James Harden just backed into a three-pointer, and it was like you couldn't even get mad at Jeff Green because it was great defense. Yeah. It was just, you know, that's – and that's the Harden I don't mind is when he's making plays. It's when he's sure. running sure. into people and playing the chicken wing game. And, and getting bailouts. And he got called for – he got called – He to be fair, he got called for a few of them, but he – but yeah, not nearly offensive as, fouls, as many. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, the other thing that I, it was just frustrating is Eric Gordon went on that – binge when he when he hit i think all four of his threes yeah. from like 37 feet and it was just like whoa i don't yeah. know how you guard that like like aside from just you know i mean you pick the guy up at at, at midcourt you know and and when they've got other guys that can beat you from three you can't really do that so i mean a couple of those were just ridiculous so you know what are you gonna do it's but that's there again that's 12 points that you yeah you can't account for. I so. really, really felt like the Cavs missed Tristan Thompson in this game. They could have really helped him on Capella. Sure. Um, and because Capella, just keeping him off the boards was a nightmare. And especially when Kevin Love went to the bench and Jeff Green trying to keep Capella off the boards is, is problematic. Yeah. Well, and I would say I so would qualify that. I'd yeah. qualify that by saying, yeah, last year's TT. This year's TT, I'm not so sure. <laughs> well, this year's TT, uh, this year's TT, I don't think probably is on the floor all that much because the because the Rockets mostly went small other than Capella and you know they they just you know when they when they have those kind of lineups in there it's you know it's it's hard to to play to play a guy like TT especially the way he struggled this year. But hopefully he comes hopefully with some rest and the you know with the calf injury or whatever it is, he yeah. you know, he can come back hopefully and he's sitting on a chair in the corner shooting threes. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know about that, but I mean, I would take just him getting back to his old self, you know, being relentless on the, on the boards because, you know, I mean, it covers up a lot of, a lot of problems when you've got a guy, you know, who's playing well, like, like when he can to, you know, to, I mean, that's, that's why the Cavs had, they, they had a lot more second chance opportunities last year and they're, they're just not getting that this year. No, you're absolutely right. Because you shouldn't, you shouldn't have to shoot, you know, fifty six percent, you know, from the game. And they shot what forty, almost forty five percent from three. Yeah, they had not nice like, game from three. Yeah, I mean, they just, they just couldn't, uh, you know, they just, they just again until the fourth couldn't really stop the Rockets. So yeah, and the other, you know, there was a, there was a bunch of factors that game. I mean, Jeff Green had a great game. Kyle Korver, I really felt like. If you play Kyle Korver 17 minutes and he only gets three shots, you are not, you know, you're Looking not for running your offense for him, yeah. correctly. Well, and that's just it. I mean, you're when you decide <laughs> to play, and Shumper wasn't bad. I mean, he still had five assists, which was second to LeBron in, in that category. But and he was leading the Cavs for a little while there when LeBron was just turning it over. But um, you know, I mean, Shump for the most part played within himself, but he hoisted a few early in the shot clock on ill-advised threes that, that certainly didn't help. And, uh, and I don't know how he has no turnovers on his box score. Cause I remember one, he just basically gave the ball to the Rockets. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so. Well, 
the, 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 the scoreboard guys were gods were uh, were nice to him tonight, but they were. He wasn't terrible. No, he wasn't. He wasn't terrible. The guy who was kind of terrible tonight was Dwayne Wade, who just couldn't buy a shot when he was in there. Well, and I was, mean, he was three for seven. He wasn't terrible. Up from, he was minus twenty one for the game, though. But he was sticking. The ball was sticking when he had it, and yeah, yeah. he was minus twenty one. Well, and he was he was in there when Eric Gordon was going nuts in the first yeah. in the first uh, half of the second quarter too. Yeah. So, you know that that probably didn't help. But uh, yeah, and there, I mean, some of the commenters made some great comments tonight. I know I was wondering if uh, Zizic could have you know stemmed the tide when Kev, I thought a big turning point in that game was when Kevin Love picked up his fifth foul, and yeah. then he was just afraid to get any contact, and the Rockets rattled off five straight points, just basically going after Kevin Love. And right after Ty Lue took a timeout, and I was like, he totally should have subbed Kevin when he got that yeah. fifth foul. But, he, but, but, I mean, this is the Ty Lue we, we know and have known for a year and a half now. Like, he doesn't – that's not what he – that's not his game. It's not what he does. He doesn't, he doesn't choose to use his bench. I mean, even – I mean, Fry was pretty good when he was in there, but he only played seven minutes, and – you know, I mean, yeah, he, and and I was wondering if Zizic or Fry could have helped him, but I mean, maybe. I don't think he. We'll never him know. In pick and roll. The we'll other, never know. I don't believe he's gonna play. If he's not gonna play Zizic now, with Tristan out, yeah, I don't see him playing Zizic at all unless there's another significant injury. And Seti Osman, same thing. Like yeah. unless unless there's somebody who goes down, <laughs> or three people that go down. Yeah, but I'm just saying, like, I think this is your this is your nine, right? Like, these are the nine that are going to play, and unless there's garbage time one way or the other, or somebody gets somebody gets hurt, that's that's it. That's yeah, that's that's how they're how Tyloo's going to you know decide to get out of this hole, and that's it's it's a shame because other other coaches, other teams seem like they, and I won't say the Rockets because obviously they just went with seven, but. Um, you know, and but they had a couple of guys. I mean, Chris Paul's out, and and uh, Bob Mute was hurt. Yeah, so yeah, but that's uh, and they're, and they're not going to roll out Zuki. So no, <laughs> yeah. Look, it'd be nice to see Zizic. It'd be nice to see what we have in City Osman. But I just until they get out of this funk, they we probably won't. And uh, even when they do get out of the funk, then it'll be. And Ty will just double down and say, "Well, these are the guys that got me out of the hole, so I'm going to stick with them." So, <laughs> yeah, and and one of the points on the the live thread was that Zizic still can't really defend the pick and roll, which I'm like, well, he could have kept Capella off the boards, possibly though. So, sure, you know, sure, and, and or just at least use his six fouls to give Kevin Love a, a break and not have to have Kevin use his six fouls. Yeah, and and I've said as much like. What did I say in the the Milwaukee game? Um, you know, with the other teams shooting seventy percent, how much worse could they do? <laughs> yeah, and the Rockets again—they didn't even shoot that well. I mean, they shot well, but they they didn't shoot as well as the Cavs did, and you know, they just made it up at the free throw line. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they did. And uh, the other, uh, yeah, so we had Dwayne Wade minus twenty-one. Just I I didn't see him playing that bad, although he took. One just ridiculous turnaround from the left baseline 
that the whole defense was counterbalanced and, you know, then it ended up a three on two for the Rockets. And I'm like, what are you doing? It was just a terrible shot. I mean, these- well, the and most of that minus 21 is, is really from that beginning of the second yeah. quarter when they went nuts. And that's when the Cavs were down by 18. And then, yeah. you know, then they, then, uh, just Jeff Green just went nuts. And yeah. that's really what got him back into it. Yeah. But I mean, the Cavs are one of the things that's really hurting them right now is most teams in the NBA now get, I would say, at least 50 to 60% of their points, uh, probably probably 60-plus from their guard spots, and the Cavs aren't built that way. You know, yeah. J.R. Smith and Amon Shumpert or Dwayne Wade or Derrick Rose aren't getting you your points. Your points are coming from Kevin Love and LeBron James, and they're having a hard time making up the scoring differential against these, yeah. these teams. I mean... You look at Houston scored 55 uh, with their their starting backcourt, and you know with the three guys, and pretty much they only played two guys in the backcourt. And you know Cavs played three guys: J.R. Smith, Amon Shumpert, and Dwayne Wade, and they got 28. So that's a huge disparity. Yeah, it, it's yeah. just hard to overcome that until you get until you get Isaiah on the court. Um... You know, that's where not having a Kyrie Irving really hurts. Oh, absolutely. Um, and I don't know. Is there any other big takeaways from this game? Oh, the other big takeaway is uh, we need to put out an APB, maybe put a picture on a milk carton for Jay Crowder. Yeah. Who has just not been the Jay Crowder from Boston since he's been in a cabinet. I don't know if he just doesn't, doesn't know what role he should have if, if he's, you know, if he's trying to spend too much of his time, you know, covering for LeBron when he doesn't get back on defense. Right. I, I don't know. I mean, what he only took two shots and he made one yeah. and it was a three, but he just seems like he's, he's where Jr was early in the season, which is he's just afraid to take a shot because he's yeah, going to miss it. Own head. And he had a play and I think it was a second quarter where he kind of fought for a loose ball, and I'm like, "Okay, give the ball to a guard." Oh yeah, and then he yeah. just dribbled. Like, stripped. what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. just you did not look confident, or like you knew what you were doing at all there. Or the other play was when he was isoed out on the left wing against Capella, and it was like he just held the ball for like t- t- eight seconds, yeah. and then decided to just fire up a three. Then yeah, I think the, your comment was. No one, in, no one thought that was ever had a chance of going. No, in. you no. know, it was just maybe when he, if he had pulled up the first time when he had it on the on the corner, yeah. but then when the, he put it on the floor and then went, yeah, it was like no, not going to happen. Or just the tag, you know? Yeah, even the Cavs, like, kind of, you kind of got that they didn't think it would go either because they all kind of started running back on to to <laughs> yeah. get the to to beat their men back down the court, and it's like, yeah, we're we're not even gonna try to yeah, rebound he, that he one. He is not playing with confidence right now. Yeah. Well, and, and, and that's... one of the live thread comments was, "Why wouldn't you think about putting Corver in for him in crunch mm-hmm. time?" And I'm like, "Well, when you need points, that's not a bad, bad plan there." And I thought Corver, you know, he was minus five, but I thought he played really well. He uh, hustles. He, he for hustles. Sure. I, I'm never disappointed in in Corver's effort and and his positioning. Well, and I think the the big difference was was that Green was so good tonight that he ate into some of Corver's minutes. Oh, because they because they let they left Shumpert out there to 
play the I am you you can't see me but I'm doing air quotes point guard position. Yeah. Um, you know, it's so funny even in the even in the box score they don't list him as a point guard just list him as another shooting guard next to JR. But uh yeah, I mean that was you know, that that sort of ate into Corver's minutes and like I think like you said like if Kyle's out there for 18 minutes and he only gets three shots then that's a problem. So if he was out there for 25, he, there's no guarantee he gotten that many more. But if guys aren't finding him, they're just not finding him. I think that's the biggest problem I have with the Cavs so far is that, um, you know, the only really willing passer is LeBron. And Wait, nobody to else. To an extent, but that's only two LeBron. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I mean, he has, he's got, he started to develop a little bit with, with Jeff Green. Like they had a nice give and go where he found Green at the rim. But, um, but that's, yeah, I mean, I, it just doesn't feel like they move the ball. I mean, I know that's always been a bailiwick for this team, you know, where it's like, well, if they get to the magical number 23 assists, then, then they're fine. But, um, they had 24 tonight. So, you know, and it, it was spread out, and they and you know Love was moving the ball, and Shump moved the ball a bit. But you know when Rose is playing, he really doesn't move the ball. I mean, he moves it less than Kyrie did, which is a shame because I really do think that if 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 Rose could somehow figure out that part of his game and really start setting guys up more, it, it would be a a different team. And and obviously Isaiah knows how to do that. So you know the I guess the hope even though despite what LeBron said earlier today that, you know, they don't want to put too much pressure on Isaiah coming back and, you know, make it seem like he'll be the savior when he does. The truth is he'll, he'll open things up. I mean, he won't solve anything defensively, which is really where their problems have been. But, um, but at least offensively, the ball's going to move better and he's a threat to hit threes and it'll open up the, the driving lanes more when he plays and it'll move Rose to the bench, which is where he's probably better suited. Um, you know, if or, he can, or, you know, maybe to the waiver wire, <laughs> maybe, although what, who else is, I mean, Calderon's DOA and yeah. they don't have any young guys that are, that play that now. They, they I mean, I'm saying that Kay Felder was the answer, but at least he's been playing decent minutes in Chicago. So, you know, it's too bad. Like, I mean, it'd be nice if they could, you know, maybe they maybe they could find somebody else to come in, but yeah, I mean, you know. I thought Eli had a great point on the Twitter feed this week. Uh, you know, Eli Kim, who uh, runs our Twitter feed for for Cavs the tweets, mm. and he talked about how the Cavs, you know, lack of roster foresight, basically giving a spot to Jose Calderon at the beginning of free agency, has really burned them. Um because they didn't have the roster flexibility. And you talk about a team that could have really used Jameer Nelson, especially with all the injuries the Cavs have had. Uh, The Cavs would have certainly been one of them, and having that roster spot. I mean, Jameer Nelson is a guy who's played well in the last three years, whereas Calderon hasn't played well, you know, since he was maybe in his 20s, and he's 37 now. So, Look, it's... it's it's a, a, an underrated thing that, um, to have a guy on your team that can set you up. I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's what, it's what made, it's why Rajon Rondo is still in the league. You it's know why I mean? Andre like Miller played till he was yeah, 40. Till he was 40. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's, it's a thing. Like if you, if you can set guys up, you, you, you're always going to have a job, you know, if yeah. you can handle the ball and set guys up, you know, and 
I mean, honestly, I mean, I think they'd be better off at right now. They'd be better off with Darren Williams because at least he, at least he passed the ball. Yeah. And, and, you know, you look at like, that's Lonzo Ball's only skill. So. Yeah. Cause he right. certainly can't shoot. <laughs> I've never enjoyed being right so much. <laughs> well, okay. So we, I always I mean, enjoy. We're being only, right. we're only what, what are we? 12 games into the season. Next. I mean, he ain't going to figure out his jump shot this year. No, but but he won't. But he'll have games here and there. We'll be fine. Yeah. Look, I'm I have, I, I'm not a Lonzo Ball fan by any stretch, and I I think uh, I I couldn't decide who I was rooting against more the other night, the Celtics or Lonzo. But um, but it, it you know it, it it is what it is. Like I think the the Lakers will regret not taking Tatum as yeah, will the Fox. as will the. With as will the Sixers with yeah. Markel Fultz, who knows if he'll ever play with his no, I, with crazy shoulder problem. I saw some bust potential there with uh, Fultz and and Ball, and I really like De'Aaron Fox. I think he's going to end up being a. Total oh, I really kill. like Dennis Smith Jr. too. I like, like Dennis Smith Jr. too as well. There's a lot of those guys that that got passed up. That you know, this this is this was a very deep. Deep draft, and there are guys. Yeah, Laurie Markkinen will is a pretty good, pretty good player. I mean, yeah, you know, he, he probably could have gone top five based on how he's played so far well, this look year. Look at, so. uh, you know, a lot of people say that uh, Ball isn't even the Lakers' best rookie. It's Kyle Kuzma. Yeah, so, he's been great. Yeah, Kuzma. he's been very good. So, and just talk about a guy kind of from out of nowhere. Yeah, so, I mean, there's a lot of there's actually. Uh, there's guys playing well for Memphis. Memphis has got a ton of young guys that are playing really well. Um, yeah. Well, not to mention they. It's like Tyreek Evans has rediscovered himself there. So. Yeah. Well, it's amazing what competent coaching and having a role <laughs> can do for for a player. You know, bringing it to your next point. <laughs> no, no, no. I wasn't even making a Ty Lue comment there. You got you've been grinding that axe hard this early season, my friend. No, it's not even like I want to give him the benefit of the doubt. No, I, you don't. I Come do. on. No, I do because I like Tyloo the person. I don't think he's. Do you know Tyloo the person? I like what I've seen. <laughs> he doesn't seem like one of these people that's completely full of himself and yeah. is just kind of. He seems very hard-headed, though, about certain things. Yeah, I will agree like, with you there. Like to the to a degree that it's that it really is detrimental to not only the team but himself. Uh, I so give me an example of, of something. What well, you that. well, first of all, I think I I was willing to give him, and I did in one of the one of the threads. Um, just you know, it was the enough rope thread where I, I thought it was a. Uh, you know, he he was letting Dwayne Wade decide that, oh, maybe, you know, like giving him enough rope to just say, eh, maybe maybe I shouldn't be starting anymore, you know. But, I you know, then again, I question that sometimes you, sometimes you just have to be the coach. You're going to tell guys, like, this is what we need to do, fellas. And I just feel like he's jerked too many guys around, and it's really messed with their psyches. I think it messed with Jr. Yanking him out of the lineup and putting him back in, I think it. I think it definitely messed with Crowder. I think you know. I mean, the only reason Crowder's back in the starting lineup is because Tristan got hurt. So, you know, and I think part of part of the problem is that 
Jay probably knows that, you know, it's like, well, I wouldn't be starting if Tristan was here. And yeah, well, and, and then the other part of that is these are moves that most people who, you know, follow NBA analytics go, why the hell is he doing that? Of course, yeah. you could say that about all the Cavs, you know, roster moves throughout the off season. So that's a, <laughs> you know, counterpoint. But yeah, but it, that's just it. Like you, you. You're the coach. You don't have a choice but to coach the guys that are on your that are available right, to you. Exactly. Right. So, but coach the guys that are available to you. Like, I, and I heard that he was out working with Zizic and and Osman after Tristan went down. But I heard about it like one day. Like, yeah, and, like, and, and I haven't about... heard anything else about it. And then the, in, I think Zizic played like ten minutes that game, and Osman played a few, you know, like maybe ten fifteen the game after that. And then they're back to being, you know, MIA on the bench, and, and not know. poorly either. You no, know, I mean Zizic was or Osman was like one of the only people in a positive plus minus for the whole game. Yeah, and they're going to make mistakes, but yeah, that's the point. You're in the, you're in, uh, you're in the October, November, even December portion of the schedule where nobody really cares. Nobody's really paying attention. There are a few early season like, oh, the Celtics are amazing, even though, you know, Gordon Hayward went down. Well, if you look at, I mean, it's hard to know in the, these days, like who people have played, but they haven't played a ton of teams that you would look at and say, oh, wow, they, they, you know, yeah, of course, of course they should have beaten those teams, right? Yeah. I mean, that's – and the Cavs, you look at it and say, yeah, of course they should have beaten those teams, and they didn't because one of my favorites, One of my favorites earlier this week was uh, Anna Horford tweeting about how good Al is playing and that he's one of the best defensive players in the year, league God. this year. And I just like – he needs to just change his name to Mr. October. Yeah. <laughs> just like Reggie Jackson. I mean, it's yeah. ridiculous. Well, we'll see. We'll see how many concussions he winds up getting this year. Because that's isn't that two for him? Does he have two already this year? I think so. Wow. It's two concussions already this that's year. That's Not good. No, and he had one last year too. I think. Wow. So I, who knows? I mean, you know, Al's you know, always using his head, I guess. But um, <laughs> but no, I, I see. I point. mean, not to throw shade, but like the truth is, it's early. There's no you can't base it. You can't base anything off of these early games except for you see patterns start to emerge and you hope that certain patterns change, like the Cavs not giving a, a crap about defense. And for the most part, they actually they actually kind of did, at least in two quarters tonight, and really kind of two and a half, but, you know, it was that that first quarter that was bad and into the, into the beginning of the second quarter. And then, you know, for the rest of the game, they actually – like you said, they played hard and pretty well, and they, aside from allowing those those not boxing out properly, they they actually, you know, they actually did a pretty good job, and they hustled and they they played hard, and again, it was a it was a nationally televised game, so that is this is the first this is the first one that they've lost all year. I think they were five and zero before this, and now they're five and one. But again, this is probably one of their better losses, if you want to call it that. You know, I don't I'll agree with that. So I don't I count mean, the I don't count that Atlanta loss as a as a good loss because even though the score was only two points and they had oh, a shot to horrible. win that one, it was a horrible game for the I mean, most part they, until the fourth they quarter. Sleep, they sleepwalked, sleepwalked through Schlep Schlepwalked. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Through the first, you know, three quarters and maybe three and a half quarters. Yeah. So it's like 
yeah, you you have to at least respect your teammate, your opponent. Um, so I think the original point before we kind of got off on this this tangent was, you know, Ty Lu and and playing the rookies and, you know, one of the things about Ty Lu that and you touched on a little bit that drives me nuts is he'll come out and say, oh, we're gonna do this, you know, at the beginning of the season. Oh, we're definitely cutting LeBron James's minutes back, yeah, and it's like. But- you didn't believe him when he said that, did you? I mean, I know no, I, didn't. I didn't, but I go, why are you saying this? Do you really believe this? And then he just kind of reverts to his old crutches. So yeah. <laughs> so and he, part of that's part of that's LeBron. Part of that, I mean, LeBron tells very Tyler difficult when he's going in and player not, to coach. I'm sure in some. But ways. like when you go down with an ankle like that tonight, like you know like maybe it's not maybe it's just not your night dude like maybe you shouldn't play 40 minutes on a on a a well-turned ankle and turn the ball over nine times yeah now until i complain about that but he still scored you know he was still pretty efficient i mean he he still shot like 60 percent and yeah the problem was the turnovers so hold on one second yeah so we got to welcome Cavs the plug uh co-owner and uh, veteran, <laughs> veteran, our uh, editor emeritus, Thomas Pestak. Tom did not watch the game. Tell us what you were watching, Tom. The Natural. <laughs> With Robert Redford. <laughs> Hell yeah. And Glenn Close. Dude, EG, I, yes, I need your guys' opinion of that movie. Is the Natural, a- one of my favorite movies. I actually oh, like it better that's... than the book. Right, so I... I used to work was, for that guy, I, Barry Levinson. Oh really? Yeah. Not when he made yeah, that love- movie, but but yeah, different time. I, I love that movie. And then I was reading about the similarities and differences with the book. The book's a real downer, man. And, and the, the a book lot is of that's a very actually big downer. Yeah, and the book's actually not. A lot of that isn't in the book at all. Um, and I read some reviews, and a lot of people kind of killed him for that. And like Roger Ebert, you know, hated the movie. But I'm sort of like. I don't know. I mean, I would not have wanted to see the movie version of that book. No, no. I don't know. I mean, if you, I guess I don't know. I, I I liked the movie. I mean, I sort of saw Ebert's criticism that none of the supporting characters really got developed enough or whatever. But I don't know. I mean, I, I, I don't know. Like good I don't know if that's baseball. true. I mean, I you know, I mean, I think you developed you developed them as much as you could. I mean, what do you want the movie to be about? Glenn Close or you know. Yeah, or Barbara Hershey, or, or Kim B- I mean, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Like, I thought the Duval characters, the journalist, was pretty oh, well yeah. developed. And uh, you know, Wilford Diabetes Brimley, was, yeah, was great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, you know what I was really impressed with in that movie was just the I don't know the the do what the you score? call it, cinematography. Yeah. Oh, the score yeah. was great. Well, yeah, it's a score when they do. It's when beautifully he the, shot. When he hits the lights and they explode, yeah. Yeah, it's beautifully shot, yeah. Uh, just all kinds of scenes in that movie are really, really gorgeous. And um, I don't know, I just... I, I, I like how they made... I don't even know where they shot that, but, I mean, they, it really felt sort of like gritty 1930s, you know, America. I don't know. I'm pretty sure they shot it in Chicago. I'm but it wrong. wasn't okay. that, like, grainy... Um, you know, black and white that you would think of from that age. It was it was no. in beautiful, yeah. beautiful color, beautiful technicolor. But the yeah. other thing about that movie yes. <laughs> is 
that it, and the kind of the different. I actually wrote about this in college a little bit. Um, the difference oh, really? between the movie and the book um, is the conclusions are very different uh, between the movie right. and the book, but the style. Uh, both the movie and the book are very steeped in symbolism. Uh, you know, you've got yeah. the symbolism of the tree and you've got, you know, right. uh, the dark lady and the white lady and all yep. that. Wait. And all yep. that really yep. carries through in the movie. So the feel of the book is there, but the actual, you know, the events and the plot and the conclusions that the two reach come across very differently. But I, I felt it was true to the book in that way. So. It's, okay, so I really Barbara, enjoy that. Barbara Hershey's Barbara Hershey's character, right? The lady in black at the beginning mm-hmm. that talks about Homer and talks about, um, you know, he would have written about you if he was around. And then she shoots him, and you find out later it was a silver bullet, which goes back to a little side conversation you heard on the train at the beginning about some ball player getting killed with a silver bullet. Right. So. Well, well I, I, I'm trying to piece that together. So, was someone hiring her to kill or ball she players? Was, no, and... she was a nut. She was. Well, then why did she kill herself? Well, that is a good question. Because <laughs> I didn't understand. I didn't understand that. Like, <laughs> I don't remember the she... movie well enough to. My wife. My wife's yeah. theory was she was being hired by people. Because uh, that whole movie is just fraught with dirty people trying to you know, undermine the sanctity of the game, right? And, and so yeah. she saw it, and Roy Hobbs, but she saw it as, okay, she's been kind of an assassin, and but she met Roy Hobbs, and when she asked him, you know, what he wanted, he just basically wanted people to say, hey, there goes Roy Hobbs, he's the best ever. He didn't want all the money and all the women, he didn't want all those other things, and she was kind of shocked by it. And so, after she killed him, or thought she killed him, she felt kind of guilty, and I was like, "That's a pretty good theory, actually." But I mean, yeah, I don't actually know. I don't know if that Melanie Pestak breaking out the yeah. literary oh, no. criticism. <laughs> but I'll tell you what: we've been watching Columbo every night, and dude, I am <laughs> on those Columbo episodes now. Dude, wow! Like, I did, you, did, you, out. did you did you skip like two generations or something <laughs> when we weren't looking? Or did you just did you just you morph think? yourself back into the Greatest Generation? <laughs> <laughs> did you Dude, just I love like Columbus. read Tom Brokaw's Greatest Generation book and hang it up in your? Uh, did you just kick some kids off your kids? lawn? <laughs> Dude, I I teach college kids now, man. I really do, and they're really good kids. But I am all about kicking them off my lawn. I mean, yeah. they need it. That's all. That's all I got to say. They need it. Wow, kids need to be kicked off the lawn. Absolutely. Wow, Tom, get rid of them. You going guys, hard. You guys know. The, uh, so the, I wanted to follow up. I, Nate, I absolutely. You're the youngest octogenarian I, I know. I absolutely loved um, the podcast you did with uh, Brendan Bowers. Well, but thank you. I appreciate it. I wish I would. I wish I would have been on that pod because I, I know, I know this is a hill that I would, if I stay on it, I would die. I know that. But like, man, it's like the further we get away from the the 1.0 LeBron Cavs, it's like the more or just the easier it is to just denigrate them. I don't know what else to say. Like, I'm listening to you guys talk about what a joke it was, like who they played with. And I'm thinking, like, what you got to understand is we've now been biased by a team of 
big names that plays literally no defense, hits a shit ton of three. Oh, excuse me, a crap ton of threes, and and wins games 135 to 131. Right? You're talking about and the so, Cavs. The Cavs now. We see that, and we're like, oh, my gosh, LeBron's playing with former MVPs Derrick Rose. And, (laughs) oh, my gosh, LeBron played with Kyrie Irving. Like, Kyrie Irving, the jury is still out for me on if he is like an uber star, right? Those Cavs teams with those no-name guys that you were all talking about how insane it was that LeBron ever won anything, they were winning games 79 to 76. You know what I mean? Like, to hold another – I gave Mike another Brown NBA a lot team. of credit on that podcast. I know, I know you did, but still, it was almost just like LeBron was just the only guy. And I get that on offense, he sort of was the only guy. But to hold the team, I mean, do you think this Cavs team could hold could hold a team that under like a hundred points? I mean, I don't. In three quarters, maybe. Terrible. Yeah, in three quarters. So it's sort of like. I think, I sort of feel like we've just all assumed this is, these are better teams. It's like, no, they're it's better. A different time. It's teams. a different time though. I mean, we live in yeah, the three point, is. in the three point explosion era where, you know, what most teams are at, it, it, there's very few teams that aren't averaging at least a hundred points a game now. Yeah. I mean, well, not you only look that, at the but teams we live that in were a... winning before the Cavs made the finals. I mean, it was the Detroit Pistons who were arguably you know, from a top tier, the least talented team maybe ever to win a championship. Uh, you know, they had four or five very good players, but they had no superstar, quote unquote. It was it was a totally right. different era. There are four there are four teams that aren't averaging at least a hundred points this season. Utah, the Lakers, Sacramento and Chicago, and only Sacramento and Chicago aren't averaging at least ninety nine. They're like 95 and 94. So, I mean, this is a different era. Yeah, I mean, you remember what I said on that pod. It's, you know, I read this last week, and it's probably slightly different now, but the... Even uh, more telling, sorry, even more telling, there's only three teams that are holding anybody under 100 points a game. The 2007 Space and Pace Suns would be 23rd or 24th in pace this year. Yeah. Yeah, seven, se- not not yeah. space and pace. Uh, seven seconds or less. Seven seconds or less. Yeah, yeah. space and pace. Yeah, yeah no. Heat, I, but. And and so I feel like we've just all decided that, man, the NBA in like 2007 through 2010 was awful. And I'm thinking like, no, it wasn't. It was awful in like 2001 to 2005, but the other than a couple era? teams. Yeah. Well, not not 2001. After Shaq left the Lakers, it, it was a weird time, you know. It was sort of like there was all the all the flashy talent, like really wasn't that good, and or people broke down too quickly, like T Mac and stuff like that. I don't know. And, yeah, and same with that's Yao, kind of when the that, uh, Spurs died. Yao, Yao Ming and T Mac that could have been a really good tandem. That could have been Kobe and Shaq, and they just it could never stay healthy. But I'm just, I don't know, I'm just listening to this, and I'm like, yeah, like, but the problem is, what those guys did well, those those teams, was they defended really well, they rebounded the ball well, and they got out of LeBron's way, you know? And it's like, that was enough to win games. If you're you're holding teams to 76 points, and you've got LeBron dropping 35, and you got Z dropping 15, and, you know... You're getting Larry Hughes, you know, 15 on 
you know, four of 30 shooting or whatever. I mean, I'm not saying that, oh, I, I heard, I heard like, oh, now we've got former all-star like Kyle Korver coming off the bench. I'm like, okay, that's a pretty good, that's a pretty good argument, right? I just, I just feel like we've now like so all made up our minds that, oh man, those old LeBron teams, like what were we thinking, thinking that they had a chance? It's like, no, I, I think they did. I think they were the favorites two years in a row. They ran into a buzzsaw one year. LeBron choked in another year. And there's no reason neither of those teams couldn't have taken the Larry O'Brien trophy. There's just no reason. But now we look back and it's like, well, yeah, that would have been impossible. Like, there's no way that those teams could have ever ascended the mountain. And I'm just thinking, like, I disagree. I mean, I'm just, I don't know. <laughs> History but is uh, not kind hill, to the losers. It's not. And it's a hill that I'm just like, I feel like I'm the last guy on that hill. And it's just like, do I need to just get off it? I don't know. Yeah, probably. So Okay, so now your goal, Tom, <laughs> is, is to extrapolate that rant and tell us what it means for this Cavs team that we're watching right now in 2017. Wait, and Tom, before you before you go off on it, just know that that Jeff Green scored twenty seven points on on like thirteen shots tonight. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, I have Jeff Green I had a great game hated, tonight. I haven't hated Jeff Green. Uh, neither have like I at and, all. And I hated him before this season. Yeah, but see, here is what I don't get about Jeff Green. Well, I say I don't get it, but I actually I'm about to say I do get it, which <laughs> I may not. But like I remember playing with this dude. I remember playing with this dude at the rec at the well, not the rec at the McClin gym at Wright State. It's like the it's not the main gym. It's like the <laughs> practice gym. But that's where you play pickup ball or intramural would play well, and we, stuff. Tom, I remember get, this. Get dude. it? <laughs> yeah, I, I remember this dude was just insane. Like no one I ever saw play on that court like could even like hold this dude's jock shot. I mean, he was incredible. He would just sit there and just stroke threes like repeatedly, like, like how a pro would just like alone in the gym. He'd just keep hitting them when he was just warming up or practicing by himself. Could dribble with either hand. Had a, I mean, he wasn't, he wasn't like six, five. He was probably about six feet tall, you know, a little taller than me. Um, but just, I mean, super fast and very strong, like built like a, almost built like a running back, you know? Um, but told, you know, real tight handle. And I remember just thinking like, dude, I just need to get on this guy's team and I'll be on the court all night. Like I'll never lose. And then lo and behold, that actually happened. I got on a team with him. That dude did nothing. He was like terrified when we actually got in a game. The couple shots he took, he bricked. I mean, he was so anti-clutch. I was almost like, what is going on? He kept doing kind of the same move where he would pump fake and then dribble drive, but then they would collapse and he would just pass it to someone and then like didn't want the ball back. And I was like, I do not understand how this guy is not just dominating all of us. And so I started thinking, like, I wonder if that's like Jeff Green. Because I look <laughs> at Jeff Green and I'm like, that dude, other than LeBron, looks like the best athlete on the court. Like he's got a good body. He's just he's he can springy. Get down the court and throw it down. Yeah. And I'm thinking like, is this just like the Josh Smith syndrome where it's just like there's something not quite right between the ears? And so you're always a little disappointed, even though like you see flashes of brilliance. Is that is that who Jeff Green is? As, I don't know. as Corey Huey said in the emails today, 
Jeff Green has, you know, two or three holy bleep games a year. And you're like, where did this come from? And this is one of them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, well at anyway. least they kept at least they kept feeding him, which yeah, is, they did. you know, that was the that was the good the good part was they recognized that he was he was on and they just kept giving him the ball and he just kept put putting in the in the in the basket. So I was I was watching the box score on my phone. It looked like a game of runs. Like I, I kept oh, every it time really I looked was. up every time I look up there was like a fourteen point swing. I'd be like, What? <laughs> and then I noticed just now looking at the box score, the Cavs held the Rockets to one point over like an eight minute stretch in the fourth yeah. quarter. Yeah, they really. They and then what the heck? At well, the end, part of just, that, they, Tom, though, rebound at the end. Part of that, Tom, was the Rockets had a possession where they had literally five offensive rebounds and didn't score. So that was, you know, that was probably four minutes of that of that, you know. Same five, one possession. Yeah, five times twenty-four or whatever. Well, the Cavs lost because they couldn't get an, a rebound. I saw yeah. according to the box score. Yeah, they that was very much the case, and that's what happens uh, when you play Jeff Green at center. <laughs> oh my god! Which, which happened for a lot of that game because Kevin Love was in foul trouble for a lot of that game, and yeah. it was one of the more egregiously officiated games. Well, Scott Foster is right up there with uh Tony with Brothers. Uh, Tony Brothers. Yeah, I mean just some horrific play. I mean on both sides, but yeah. clearly when you have a team that's built around that, I mean I was just reading <laughs> I just realized that the Cavs as a team had only as many free throw attempts as uh James Harden did by himself at 14. Yeah. yeah. So you know, when you get 36 trips to the line, you know, you make 29 of them, that's gonna, that's kind of hard to overcome. Yeah. And, and so, Tom, you, were you, were you coming with a larger point about the correlation of, of Jeff Green and, and the, you know, the 2007 or the 2009 Cavs and, and this team? Oh, no, I don't think so. I think you guys start <laughs> talking about Jeff oh. Green. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, I mean, well, I would, I would say that here's what I would say. Those teams with Mike Brown fought and scrapped for every single regular season game. And I, you know, I, I sort of almost hate myself for admitting this, but like, this is almost like a Coles argument that it's like, who cares about the regular season? And you know, you can look at a team like the Spurs or like the Grizzlies and it teams that really play good basketball they have a good identity they win a lot of games they don't make a lot of mistakes but you know i mean i don't know i don't want to say the spurs haven't had postseason success but relative to their regular season success i think you could argue that they've been flaming out a little more than you would think given like 60 plus win seasons and i'm looking at the cavs and i'm looking at last year where for a while I thought they were making a mockery of the regular season. Then at the end, I think they went, oh, crap, like, uh, we could lose the one seed here. And then they got embarrassed by Atlanta's, like, D-League team with, like, Jose Calderon. <laughs> Do you remember that? <laughs> yeah, and, played, and, and, and that played, led to Jose Calderon a, on this team. <laughs> yeah, and then they played, and they played the Hawks the next night. And I thought, like, okay, well, if they were ever going to win a game, it's going to be now. Like, they have to avenge that insanity. And they lost that one, too. And at that point, I lost faith. I'm just like, you know what? I don't care what people say about switch flipping or LeBron in the playoffs or whatever. This team is awful. 
and they are not going to be able to turn it on. And who knows? They could get bounced in the first round. It's a coin toss to me. I honestly don't even know. And they they figured it out in the first round, and then they just went Nova in the next two rounds. And honestly, like I know they got the gentleman sweep, but they looked like a pretty darn good team in yeah, the final. They were competitive, you know. And so I, now, I was saying all off season, the problem was they needed to find a guy to play for twelve minutes a night while LeBron was sitting, and I don't feel like they remotely approached that this offseason. Well, I think they thought they did with Crowder, Yeah, but Crowder's been a a disappointment because he's been jerked in and out of the starting lineup and because he he didn't have to be anything special on that that team of tryhards in Boston. And as much as I'm – I mean – I've, it's been well documented my my disdain for Brad Stevens' reputation. Not so much because of Brad Stevens himself, but because of how everybody else just salivates yeah. over the dude. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. if people if people weren't like just crowning this guy as the the you'd probably be a fan president <laughs> genius. I probably yeah. would be a fan, but I yeah. I've I've come yeah. around to the dark side yeah. of like you know what I don't care. Yeah. I'm gonna hate well, until you he are, wins something. You are an evil genius. I mean, until he wins something, I'm now going to just pile on every chance I get, and well, I don't why. care that they're the best defensive team in the league right now. With, even with Kyrie Irving at, at point guard, that'll change and the rookies will catch up to them and, you know, they'll be what they're, what they're going to be. They're winning games right now against the Atlantas and the, the LA Lakers of the world. And that's fine. But I, I don't judge you EG because how I was rooting against America when Kobe Bryant was on that team USA <laughs> sure. because of, because of Kobe fans. Like yeah. that's, that's the power um, Absolutely. That's the power Embrace of overzealous. I'm sure I would love Brad Stevens if he was a coach of the Cavs or probably the coach anywhere but Boston. Well, hopefully and he doesn't go. This sort of like, oh, the stroke of genius by Danny Ainge. Anyways, my point is that with that, you know, with, with that, that, that kind of a coach comes a defensive system, right? I mean, Brad Stevens didn't have anything to work with, so he – got guys that were tryhards and hustle players and marginal guys and guys that were 60th round draft picks to play really hard, to be their best and to compete. And you're not necessarily going to win championships with, with those kinds of teams, but you're going to, you're going to look pretty good in the regular season. Yeah. Right. And that's well, I told what my buddy at work today. Cause he was like, how about them Celtics? He's a big Celtics fan. Yeah. And you know, last year I tried to, you know, I knew the Celtics were no match to the Cavs. So I tried to kind of, you know, go easy on them. Oh, yeah, Celtics look great. Yeah, oh, yeah, I'm real worried about Al Horford. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then, and then, you know, I just kind of let it go when we beat them by, like, 90 and whatever that was, game four. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, yeah, he's talking some smack to me this, you know, at the water cooler the other day. <laughs> and I was just like, you know, I've had enough. I'm like, you know what? I'm like, you know what? I'm looking forward to getting the eight seed, and then we're gonna bounce you four zero in the first round. So enjoy winning sixty five games and getting bounced in the first round. Yeah, I'll, I'll and, see and, you there. And and pulling your hair out when 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 Kyrie can't can't stop it in the playoffs. Yeah, no, seriously. Or or yeah. stop. I'm, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done being nice. I'm done being yeah. nice. Yeah. <laughs> it's fine. I mean, look, that's the look. I. I still am bummed out that that they just 
capitulated so quickly to Kyrie's quote unquote demands to be moved. I still think it was a terrible idea to trade him to. Yeah, they didn't have to. Your next, your next closest rival in the conference. I, I still think, you know, and and for everybody that says, well, we should have held out for Brogdon and and Middleton. It wasn't clear that that was even ever offered. And yeah, and I mean, was, I, even if it was, that's the same problem. Like Milwaukee's right there too. So right, yeah, and I know, mean, Crowder. I would have loved to have stuck him in Phoenix and Crowder and needs to be better. Like we yeah, wouldn't yeah. even be having this conversation if he was playing like I expected him to play. Yeah, and, and he had and I, some good games early in the season. Like those first like four or five games, he actually he looked pretty good. Yeah, and I'm cutting him a little slack. His mom just died, you know, right before he got traded, um, or right as he was getting traded. And you know, J.R. Smith was on his own head for a while, and maybe just you know he and he's kind of coming out of it. Maybe Jay's just in a slump, and he he needs but, somebody to give him you know, some but, affirmation and get back out of it. So like most, like most guys, they don't run plays for Jay, but then yeah. they kind of look at him and say, well, why didn't you defend that guy? <laughs> or why yeah. didn't you hit that three point shot that we, See, and we, that once again, this is why I've always just said, why don't we just get Tony Allen? That dude doesn't even want the ball. He uh, just wants to like freaking. he just wants to lot getting Tony down. Allen just drove me insane. So it's, it's bringing me to my next question. And it's a loaded will we, question. Will we still be talking about Tony Allen when he's 45? <laughs> Bring no. Tony Allen out of retirement. All we need is Tony Allen. <laughs> no, my next question is you, you kind of saw this summer of moves, and a lot of us have panned a lot of the moves that the Cavs made. You know, you enjoyed my tweet of the Cavs basically signed a bunch of oh, guys have been outscored yeah. Yeah, the last three tweet. years. But and and on the blog on the live thread, everybody's calling it you know the summer of Corby, and I guess Corby <laughs> is the um, nickname we've taken. I don't even know where it came from, but it's the nickname that we've taken for. Uh, wasn't it a wasn't it like a mistweet from like Gilbert or someone like that? No, and he accidentally it? called oh, him Cor- <laughs> Corby instead of instead of okay Gobi uh, or whatever. I wasn't familiar with the origins, so. The summer of Corby, of course, referring to Kobe Altman, and you know we they signed Jose Calderon, they signed uh, Derek Rose, and they signed Jeff Green, and they're given major minutes. The guys literally on minimum contracts, and you know they did not make a move for Eric Bledsoe. Uh, the Eric Bledsoe move was. Greg Monroe and the Bucks' first round pick, which I gotta think the Cavs could have beaten. I don't think they were ever gonna do that deal, though. I mean, they, they got well, right, right, right. And and I'll I'll let you say your piece in a minute. Yeah, right? yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. But my point is, my question with this Cavs team: Are the Cavs done competing for championships? Are they just all in on next year, or are we gonna see moves? designed for the Cavs to compete for championships or is Dan Gilbert just in full on Mickey Harrison mode and he's done spending the major money and he's trying to get out of spending as much money as he can. I highly doubt it. You highly doubt what? He's in Mickey Harrison mode. Well, you know, you look at I mean, how can you how can you say that when he's still got like the highest payroll in the league? Well, but part of the thing that happened Second was high. Mickey Harrison did not want to pay Mike Miller, and that's part of the thing that ticked LeBron off. And yeah. but who is who is, who is he not paying? Like, he not he's paying. paying everybody. He's he, not he paying even Jeff paid Green. 
He gave what up two mean? second round what? picks to get rid of Jeff Green instead of Eaton. Wait. Not, not Jeff Green. Green. Jeff Green's still on Not Jeff Green, I'm sorry. Uh, Richard oh. Jefferson, instead of re- re- you know, eating Jose Calderon's contract, which was a dumb signing to well, begin but with. But I don't but I don't think that was a money move. I think they just oh, it thought it absolutely was a money move. Because I don't know. he could have cut Calderon and but, but he would have paid nine million dollars more. The decision not to cut Calderon was because they thought they were going to need a backup point guard while Isaiah Thomas was injured. And the well, problem was, that's they didn't the other Calderon part of this question. So are, bad they, are they it, too incompetent as a front office right now? Because Dan well, Gilbert's calling all the shots all right, to compete a, for championships. As you say, that's a different argument. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, I think they're related. So. I don't know. I think it's, I, I, I I think it's too early to tell. Honestly, like I'm, I'm sort of like Dan Gilbert is going to have to be so egregiously bad as an owner for me to stop giving him the benefit of the doubt. Because unlike everyone else, I'm just never going to forget those like 2008 to 2010 years. <laughs> and I'm never going to forget. What does that have to do with this conversation, though? I'm never going to forget that the guy spent $40 million on the off chance that Shaquille O'Neal <laughs> would guard Dwight Howard. Like, that's the, that's the, that is the most ridiculous thing and, and, I've ever heard yet- in my life. That plays into both things are true. You know, the Cavs are simultaneously, they pay too much money, yet now LeBron, now Dan Gilbert's hedging his bets. You know, he's not sure where they want to go. I don't think you can say that, Nate. I don't don't think you can say he's hedging his bets until the trade, not until until the trade deadline. You can't say that. Okay. Yep. Well, I feel like Eric if he, Monroe, if he, by the way, if he still owns the, if if the Brooklyn pick and the Cavs pick are still in his possession when the trade deadline comes and goes, and then the Cavs I think aren't he, winning. Then I, okay. then I think you can say that. I don't think you can say that right now. We're twelve games into a season where, and and I think it's unfair to base it on the Bledsoe thing because they tried getting Bledsoe in the summer. They had a deal for for Bledsoe and that as part of that the number four, number four pick or whatever that was, okay. you know, and one of those, they, so they were, there was already a, a bit of a, of a sour taste with, with Phoenix, which got and, exacerbated, and which got exacerbated. I'm not even going there yet, but okay. like it got exacerbated when the Kyrie trade started because Phoenix was the, was the, the pole position on that. It was like, of course they're going to do, they're going to do the Phoenix trade to get Bledsoe and try to get either Josh Jackson or whatever. Remember they countered with Dragon Bender and, you know, and some other nonsense. And they're like, yeah, that's not enough for Kyrie. Um, you know, and I think we, we would have all been a little bummed out if that's what they would have wound up accepting, you know, Bledsoe, Dragon Bender and a conditional first round pick in two years. Like that, that's not, the haul that you hope to get for someone like a talent, a young talent like Kyrie Irving. But at least what that would have accomplished is they would have had a guy, you know, pro- provided he didn't get hurt that in Bledsoe that would have been worlds better than anything they have right now, uh, a set, a, a, barring a, a healthy uh, Isaiah Thomas coming back. And, you know, they would have had. I mean, Bender's not great, but it's another young body they could they could have in the mix, and they'd have an extra draft pick that did, wouldn't have necessarily the the onus, or and I think even false onus that the Brooklyn pick has, because Brooklyn's actually not a bad team right now. Well, so they've, they've been 
much worse recently than they were early. I think they're still the same record as the Cavs, though, aren't they? Uh, Cavs got... aren't any good either. So. Yeah, well, yeah, it's I true. Look at the all, all I'm saying is that like, there's no reason that, poor, that, that Phoenix was going to trade with the Cavs, not with James Jones there, who already knows like like how things went in Cleveland more than anybody uh, that that you know in our circles. But also the yeah, the, then on top of that, the the whole relationship with with Clutch Sports and and Rich Paul. So I don't think there was any any way they were going to give Bledsoe the to the Cavs. They just weren't going to do it. So it didn't matter if they what they offered, I don't think. No, I'll agree with you there. I mean, it would have taken a godfather offer. I think the Cavs didn't want or they didn't want to deal with the Cavs. And of course, there's always the Robert Sarver factor, who is possibly one of the worst owners in the NBA and the most schizophrenic owners in the NBA. But. Sure. Well, and, and the, the truth is the Cavs didn't have anybody that they could move like a Greg Monroe because Greg Monroe is a $17 million expiring contract that they can still trade again before the trade deadline if they want to. Well, I will say they had Channing Frye and they had, but Channing Frye is only what? Six or seven. Yeah. Okay. That's not 17. Well, I'm getting there. You know how cheap, you know how cheap Phoenix is. They didn't need 17. They needed 12. Um, because that's all that, Bledsoe was making, but if you throw in Channing Frye and then you throw in a, you know, a Zizich or a, um, oh, Chetty Osman, uh, you're close. And then, you know, I think you might have been able to get there. Yeah, I think they just wanted the draft picked and the and the well, the right would have taken a first round pick as well, but yeah, 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 but. Yeah, I just I I know that's the popular sentiment now that Gilbert's like cheap or whatever, but I mean I just think the standard for that has to be higher than you know he doesn't give unlimited money. You know, it's like if you have like the highest or second highest payroll in the league, and then you do some move to save like three million dollars, you're not suddenly like mailing it in a cheap owner that doesn't want to spend. Like well, you, I think you're part of the problem. Fr- like is... I think about I think about like say like my company, right? Let's say like oh man, they're boy, they got some nice laptops and man, and like oh yeah, they nice Christmas party and wow, they just bought some cool furniture and stuff like that. And then like so then you're like, hey, can I take like the whole team out for lunch and on the company? And they're like, mm, no, I'm not gonna be like, what the heck? Like you're so cheap. Like don't you care? <laughs> We're all gonna leave. It's like you can't just say yes all the time, you know, like as an or as an ownership group, you can't do that. If you say yes, literally all the time, then, then what motivation? Well, yeah. And what motivation is there for your front office to do anything of value? You're just like, oh, well, you know, daddy's going to open the checkbook. So we'll just just <laughs> keep writing checks. Like, I mean, I, I like I just that think... you just referred to Dan Gilbert as daddy. <laughs> yeah, I just think daddy. Gilbert. True. I just think too that that realistically, you have to buy into the to the I think still fiction that LeBron's leaving to believe that Gilbert is going to go that way. I think, and I think well, Dan's waiting to that, see what happens too. That's the bigger question because if you know if the Cavs aren't in a position to compete for championships, then you know LeBron is leaving. You know that's that's the honest truth of it. To go where? Well, I could see him going to New York. I could see him going to 
uh, Orlando. You know, I could see him going to Milwaukee. I could see him going to Washington. I think LeBron will go to whatever team in the East gives him the best chance of winning, you know, or that's a consideration at least. Because if he didn't want to do that, then he would give a verbal commitment that he's going to re-sign here next year. So he's never going to do that. Though. He'll never. That's, do not, that. that's not his plan. He, yeah. he will. He'll never. Why, he will never do that. Why no. give any leverage away? No. He his his opinion has always been, and you know, rightly or wrongly, I'll I'll commit when you you know once I once you show me what you're what you're doing. I'm not going to show you my cards. He wants Dan Gilbert to use the pick. Or by the way. There may be a there may be value in him looking around, and if there's a consultation close to the trade deadline where they have the where they say you know what there's nobody out there right now that's going to help us that's available that we can get for this for this pick. If that's the case, you're better off. Even LeBron would see that you're better off trying to you know make a deal in the summer or you know pick or up one, add of these, one, one of these one of these guys who yeah. all. By all accounts, the top four guys from this coming draft would have been the number one pick in the 2017 draft. Yeah, well, that's good. And know. whether you whether you keep one of those guys or you leverage one of those guys to get more help, you know, at the trade deadline next year, you know, it just depends. But I, I still think his best move is to is to stick where he is because uh, honestly, yeah. I mean, all these no, places you talk about, I, it's fine. It's all well and good, but like, eh, I mean, I will also really... say that the Cavs own draft pick is probably much more likely to be traded than the Brooklyn pick. For sure. Um, and I think there will be some guys that would be available. And well, and the other part of this that annoys me is we saw it tonight. You saw a guy like PJ Tucker, Yep. Um, who the Cavs probably could have signed, but they spent their entire mid-level or the majority of their mid-level on Chetty Osman, who doesn't play. So my yeah. question is, well, why wouldn't you either trade Chetty Osman or not sign him this year and sign him next year? You know, I know they made a verbal commitment to his agent that they were going to sign him, but that doesn't help. If you're not going to play him, he's not going to help you win this year. So, you know, yep. in in a way, they're trying to have their cake and eat it, too. And I feel like you either got to go all in for, you know, LeBron's not staying or all in for, um, you know, LeBron's or LeBron is staying and we're just going to try and get a championship. And by hedging yeah. their bets, they're, you know, taking the worst of both worlds. Sure. Yeah. I don't think they're going to ever go all in that he's not staying unless he flat out tells them, look, I'm not staying, which yeah. I don't think LeBron would do that. I don't think he'd do the Cavs any favors if he was leaving. No, I think, I don't think you he know, I mean, he didn't do anything favors for the Heat. He, well, and that's that's another part of my point is, you know, all the ridiculous clutch contracts are part of what's hurting the Cavs right now. <laughs> yeah. You know, so. As much as he claims to be all about winning, it isn't always all about winning. So no, yeah. Well, it's all about winning on LeBron's terms, which you know I get. Yeah. Well, or again, as Corey Huey calls it, the LeBron tax. Yeah, there is a LeBron tax for well, sure. Yeah. It resulted in a championship. So yeah, no, I, right. I'm I'm not okay. complaining I'm about good. the championship, and I never will. When I'm good. I, honestly, I will call it one of the greatest moments of my life. Was. Yep. Jumping up and down in my living room. I still got beer stains on my ceiling. Dude, Nate, you know how they wrote like the big short about how 
literally not only like three people out of like seven billion actually <laughs> put, actually put their money where their mouth was. Dude, we should make a big short like book about you <laughs> and grab all those posts and insta caps when the Cavs were down three one, and you'd have to be ridiculous to think they were going to come back and you were so defiantly like oh no it's happening <laughs> <laughs> i've got it in writing i've got it in youtube videos hey. it's there man they can never take that away from you no Nate. they can never take yeah. it away from me but yeah it's uh i didn't actually score any baskets <laughs> or <laughs> grab any rebounds so let's not pretend it yeah. was that big of an accomplishment yeah <laughs> and after after seeing you shoot uh yeah that... oh hey come on <laughs> I, I will say I had, a fun, I had a funny pickup was, game experience this week. Yeah, so I've been playing cool. basketball again, going about once a week, which uh, is all my knees can handle. Um, yeah. I try to go more than once a week, but they swell up to the size of grapefruits. And um, what? so I went, so I got LASIK about five, six years ago, and my my LASIK has worn off. It's not as bad as it was before I had the LASIK. Um, but I shouldn't drive with the without my glasses, and you know I can't really watch TV in my living room without my glasses. I'm you know I'm wearing my glasses now to watch Denver and OKC. And Is OKC gonna lose again? Uh, Denver's up three with about four minutes left in the third. So and yeah. OKC was up big early. So we'll see what happens. That was a fun Tell game watching man. them lose that's, to the Kings that's the other team night. Gonna, that's a team that's not gonna work out, unfortunately. So I had been playing pretty well. Oh, it's early. And I had actually borrowed my daughter's sports goggles because we have almost the same prescription. So, you know, I'm out there the last few weeks in, you know, a 13-year-old sports goggles, uh, you know, and I'm sure you can imagine how ridiculous I look. I might even put the picture. You look like a a Hanson brother? (laughs) Um, Think uh, dorkier, you know. The Hans- here and the Hanson brothers. You're, ta- wow. you're talking about the Hanson brothers from. Uh, there are, there's only one Hanson. No, not though. No, not not the pop group, Tom. The guys from uh, Slapshot. From Slapshot, yeah. Yeah, no, not that square. More. Um, but taped, taped, and scratched up. No, no, they're they're pretty slick, but they're very they're very. Um, youthful let's put it that way i look like an old man wearing little kid glasses anyway i had been playing fairly well for me shooting well uh you know getting in my my left-handed bounce passes uh, you know setting screens all that kind of stuff taking charges and pickup games that kind of thing and um so i went and i left my glasses at home and i went to play on monday and i kid you not i was probably two for 30 on the night we got on this team with we were playing three on three, and <laughs> that's the Kobe school, man. <laughs> yeah. Well, we lost six straight games to the same team, and we never shot up new teams. We just ran the same squad every time and lost six straight times to this other team. It was it was embarrassing. So that's my don't forget your glasses story when you're yeah, when you're for sure. don't forget your daughter's glasses when you're playing pickup ball at the Y. So. Yeah. So what are we thinking the remainder of the road trip holds? So we got so, three more yeah. games at like, Dallas, at the Knicks, and at Charlotte. And unfortunately, only one of those games, the Charlotte game, is on national TV. So 
that Dallas game scares the crap out of me because that <laughs> is the ultimate, like, oh, we don't give a bleep about this team. And Dallas, you know they're going to get up for that game. Yeah. Well, they should know by now. <laughs> they should, but that doesn't mean they do. I mean, you should Hopefully that LeBron, LeBron at least plays well at the Garden and that, that next game will be a revenge game. So Yeah. Yeah, although I don't know who the heck is going to counter the unicorn. So yeah, he's been in, he's been out of the lineup. He's he's been nicked up a little bit. So who knows? No pun intended. Yeah. Well, pun intended, actually. Oh, okay. Pun intended. Yeah. Nicked up. Yeah. The six and five Knicks, who would be the seventeenth seventh seed in the East right now. Yeah. yeah. So I don't think they should. I don't think they should count standings until December. I'm I'm gonna make a guess, and I'm gonna say three and zero here. Three and zero. Three and zero. The the Cavs get serious. They want to get back in the winning, in to their winning ways. So uh, they got to go three and zero in the road trip to get back over five hundred. So I'm gonna I'm gonna guess three and zero, and yeah, and Derrick Rose has nothing to do with it. They find they keep <laughs> making up injuries for Derrick Rose. Derek, well, I hope he doesn't play against. I hope he doesn't play Rose. against Dallas because he'll get he'll get roasted by uh by uh what's his name. Uh, Dennis uh, Smith Jr. Dennis Smith Jr. Yeah. What about you, Tom? What do you? What's your call in the the next three? Whatever we think, it'll be the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> so you're you're zero and three. Yep. You're your opposite of name. I'm gonna go. I'll say two and one. I well, think there, there's only two other possibilities. No, I I think they're gonna drop the Dallas game. In actuality, I think we're gonna all be be upset. It's a Saturday game, a Saturday night game in Dallas, and. They won't take them seriously, but then I think they'll come back with a vengeance in the Garden and and at Charlotte because it's a nationally televised game. So, well, you heard Cuban's tweet today for the one and ten Mavericks. We are not tanking, or the two they're two and ten now because they 10, beat yeah. the they beat the Wizards the other night in a pretty impressive. The stage Wizards there. who seem to get up for games the way the Cavs do. So, at least they got their revenge against the Lakers tonight. Yeah. So. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I think probably two and one, which would put them at what's that, seven and eight after fifteen games, and then they've got a kind of a tough stretch coming after that because they got the Clippers at home at Detroit, which is no picnic the way Detroit's playing these days. The seventy-five percent free throw shooting, Andre Drummond. I know he's from insane out of right nowhere. Now. Did him? Did him and DJ and Capella all go to the same free throw shooting school this summer? <laughs> I, I don't know. Because they're all like shooting so, why bananas. Didn't Tristan Thompson go there. Hey, because he was you... too busy making a baby with. That's uh, true. Oh Chloe. god. Hey, can you guys describe what happened with Capella? Because in the box score, it shows they had an offensive rebound, and then I forget who got the offensive rebound. But one second later, there was an alley-oop to, like, Capella. Oh, so that was the one where there's – so there's this big scramble on the floor. And P.J. Tucker went to the floor and pretty much submarine shumpered, I think, grabbing this loose ball. And then he threw it to Harden. And then Harden alley-ooped it to Capella. And then another stupid foul by Jeff Green, who had more than one dumb foul in that game, fouling Capella on alley-oops. Um and so then Capella got the N one. That makes sense. Yeah, it just it just shows it all happening in one second. It did See, all happen about in one second between the re- when because they were scrambling around the floor for like five six seconds, and then 
you know, Tucker got the rebound, pitched it to Harden, and then he alley ooped it. So that all happened in about one second. So. Okay. So and Tom, any uh, any what's going on with your lawn, dude? <laughs> kids need to get off it, man. No, I thought I thought our our week our regularly scheduled bit was for you to talk about. Um, I actually am now outsourcing it. You're neighbor outsourcing kid, it. Oh. neighbor kid, yep. Ah, uh, even in the cold weather. Yeah. Well, didn't you didn't you mow it when it was wet and like thirty degrees the other day? Well, yeah, yeah, and that's when I said. <laughs> You know, it was, it was Halloween, and... Um, Were you in costume? I, I was not, no. Um, the lawnmower man. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's a juvenile Jeff thing Fahey. to do. Yeah, Jeff, good, good call. If you're, if you're over 30 and you're dressing up for Halloween, I'm sorry, you grow up. And here's the other thing. I was on campus on Wednesday, <laughs> right? That was yesterday. I kid you not, I saw a guy who could have been like my dad. And he was on a skateboard. <laughs> Are you kidding me right now? <laughs> what? Like, if you're over, like, 14 and you're on a skateboard, you need a gut check time. This dude was seriously... And the weird thing about it was, you would think... I mean, describe what this guy looked like to me. Just just knowing that he was on a skateboard. Try to describe it. Ponytail? Him. Long no. gray hair? Did he look nope. like... Um... Nope. William H. Macy. Or shorts. No. None of the above. Crew in cut? fact, except Hawaiian, for the fact Hawaiian that shirt. he looked practically military, except for the fact that he had uh, a backpack on. And it, not that it was, you know, it wasn't like a, you know, it was pretty, pretty standard, but. Maybe know. it was a dare. Maybe like someone dared him to, to, to he, he looked skateboard really, across campus. He looked really comfortable. So oh, I'm going to go with that is not a theory that's going to hold up. <laughs> like, act your age, you know? Not your shoe size. Right. Yeah. Take a lesson from the greatest generation that Tom grew up in. Yes, that's right. exactly. I was thinking about that today. Don't we, like, owe it to past, you know, like, people to not be stupid? <laughs> like, isn't, aren't, aren't we, like, their legacy in a way? So, like, Aren't we like betraying them all the time? We are. I yeah. mean, we we do things today that I'm like, you know, didn't we learn this lesson like 10, 15 years ago? Or not 10, 50, 60 years ago, you know? Yeah, but we keep forgetting. We do. We do. <laughs> and, and and if this goes any further, it'll just evolve into a horrible political discussion <laughs> that I don't yeah. want to get into. Hell let's... No. let's... Let's file it off before it becomes too long in the tooth. Exactly. Exactly. So anything you want to pitch, EG? Uh, Come on, do it. You know you want to do it. What? Mr. Robot? (laughs) The new Denzel Washington movie. Oh, yeah. Well, I don't want to get it. Yeah. yeah, uh, I have a new Denzel Washington movie that's coming out in a couple weeks. So if you get excited about that, you should go check it out. It's very much a. they're very much in the Michael Clayton mold. Um, I love I mean, it's Michael a great, Clayton. It's a great Denzel performance. You know, it's, it's sort of uh, it's a, from the guy who directed um, Nightcrawler as his first movie. Ooh, I, I, I've heard Nightcrawler is very good. It's on Netflix, I believe, still. I need yeah, to it's it. cool. It's sort of an underbelly of, of the L.A. paparazzi scene. And then so in, in the same way, this is sort of the underbelly of the, you know, of the L.A. legal scene. So, um yeah, it's good. It's a it's That's a really a, that, that is a big underbelly. 
It is. And it's, uh, it's, it's, it's really, yeah, it's a really interesting, it's a character you haven't seen Denzel do. And if you're a Denzel fan, you'll, you'll enjoy it. Cool. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to, I want to see Thor Ragnarok. Hadn't had the chance to see it yet. I've seen it twice. It's so much fun. Yeah, I've heard that. I just have not had. I was down in Kansas last weekend for my cousin's wedding. The so best comedy of the year. Yeah, that's what I've heard. I've heard it's really funny. Yeah, I saw you praising Kansas. Yeah, I love. I, Wichita <laughs> yeah. is a yeah, happening yeah, yeah. town. Wichita. Wichita is a yeah, happening yeah, yeah. town. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I went to a freaking jet. Ja- I went to a club that was having a jazz quartet. But drinking the greatest microbrew sour I've ever had in my life that tastes like peach cobbler. So Central, Central Standard Brewing, they have a peach cobbler sour called Louette, L-O-U-E-T-T-E, and it is one of the greatest beers I've ever had in my life. It's amazing. Wow. The, this, it, it is like peach cobbler in a glass. It is so good. So, yeah, Wichita, straight up representing. The greatest part about Wichita is there's so many microbrews, and they got a lot of great little restaurants, and and uh, it's very hip and trendy in spots, and so it's a, I like the town. Sounds I got a lot of family, family there. So. <laughs> that sounds hey, like the worst. I'm going to Wichita, far from this opera forevermore. Going to work the nice. straw. Feel the sweat drip out of every pore. That's a little Jack White for you. So <laughs> that's, uh, that's impressive. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> what about you, Tom? Anything you want to pitch? Any, any big rocket league matches coming up? Uh, actually, yeah. RLCS is upon us. Um, so tune in, uh, best, best, uh, teams in the world. Rocket league's just insane. Now, like the, the, I almost feel like I could have been in our, the first RLCS like three years ago. Like, and the, the talent is just, just know. video I, gaming in general. Like I saw this guy the other day. He is leaving his writing job in New York, and he's going to do media for the Grizz, for the Memphis Grizzlies, and run their NBA 2K18 team in what? the E League. Yeah, I, I kid you not. Is that good, huh? I, I there is going to be a whole different world, man. NBA different world. 2K E League, and I think 17 NBA teams are going to be represented in this E-League, and I think they're going to let the computers play the other 13 because no one wants to play them. But we got to get somebody on the Cavs team, man. I, I'm sure there is somebody. I will I will research that and find out who's running the Cavs in the E-League team. So, All right. And uh, so are we done? Anything else? Or is this <laughs> podcast yeah. gotten pretty yeah. long in the tooth here? Yeah. Well, that's what happens when Tom comes in halfway and we talk about The Natural for 15 minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's still a good movie, though. I mean, that's a good, I, that's a good watch. If you're going to watch something other than The Cavs, especially these days, that's not a bad choice. That, that It's a good movie. I mean, you, you uh, touched on one of my other faves, which is uh, uh, Michael Clayton. Great movie. Oh, yeah. Great movie. Well, then you should you, – You'll. I'm sure you'll be a fan of this one, but uh, – yeah, okay. check it out in a couple of weeks when it when it it hits right around Thanksgiving. When it drops, okay. It drops. <laughs> it drops. Okay. Oh, uh, man. Have a great until week, uh, what Saturday? Yeah. <laughs> Go Cavs. Go Cavs. Go Cavs. Thank you for listening to Cavs the Blogs podcast. Check back soon for some more fun with your favorite bloggers.
Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.